from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. Expect is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Heidi Murkoff, and I'm a mom on a mission, a mission to help you know what to expect every step of the way. If you know me, you know I love moms. I also love hanging out with them, whether it's in person or on social media, whether it's in South Carolina or South Korea. And the easiest place for me to connect with moms is in the What to Expect community. So if I could talk to the over 20 million moms in our What to Expect family right now, I totally would. Logistically, we couldn't figure that out. So instead, in honor of Mother's Day this week, we have a very special episode. We've invited five What to Expect moms from across the country in all different stages of their pregnancies here today to share their pregnancy journeys and ask their biggest pregnancy questions. Those questions may sound a little familiar because though every pregnancy is different, just like every pregnant mom, we all have questions. And today we're going to cover as many questions as we can. We're going to talk about morning sickness and gestational diabetes, switching doctors, and much more. And at the end, we're doing a fun speed round all about pregnancy. We have Amy, Adriana, Mignon, Candice, and Lindsay all joining us today. So let's start with Amy. Hi. Hi. So happy to have you here. And 
Amy, you're you're in Michigan. Yes. And you have a four-year-old, right? I do. Yes. A very rambunctious four-year-old. A daughter? <laughs> yeah. What's her name? Her name is Rose. And I may or may not have looked and seen her pictures on Instagram. She is adorable. Thank you. Let's just get that out of the way. But I do wonder, how has this pregnancy been different from your pregnancy with her? Well, I'd say first off, um, due to COVID, it's been, you know, actually a blessing in a way because I've been able to stay home. And, you know, with her, I was working full time all the way pretty much until like a few weeks before I had her. So I'm kind of more aware of everything that's going on. I'm not like distracted too much by work. You know, I noticed a lot of similarities. I feel like I was able to predict like how I would feel a little bit, but there are some differences. I have a little bit more like swelling this time around, but um, it's been a really good pregnancy. I have to say like I um, and towards the beginning in the first trimester, I had a little bit of morning sickness, but it pretty much disappeared. And with her, I had some sciatic pain. I don't know if that's like I was more on my feet, you know, when I was working full time when I was pregnant with her. Yeah, it probably has something to do with the fact that everything loosens up more the second time. And you don't have as much support from your muscles as you did and your ligaments. So, yeah, everything hurts a little bit more. But certainly sitting a lot and being at home, that can increase swelling too. So Right. Yeah. I try to stay active, though. I feel like this pregnancy has been pretty good. So I feel really grateful. Good news. Good news. We love good news. So is your daughter, Rose, is she super pumped about the new baby coming? She's very excited. Now, Heidi, I like, we'll see what happens when baby gets here, but (laughs) she's very, very excited right now. I think it's going to be a really good age gap too, because she's kind of like really coming into her independence. And she, I think she's going to be very helpful, you know, so, um, but I'm sure it'll still be a shock when baby's here all the time. Take your cues from her. Like she may get over the baby stuff or she may be totally into it forever. My daughter, Emma, would breastfeed her dolls and her teddy bears. Like when I was breastfeeding her brother, Wyatt, it's just, you know, go with the flow. Now, you are hoping for a vaginal birth this time, right? You had a C-section last time? Yeah, I am. And uh, my OBGYN, I do have the same one this time that I had last time. He did say I was a good candidate for it and everything. But I do know that it could go either way, you know. But he's, he said I was a good candidate to at least attempt it and try for it. Honestly, I, I wouldn't be heartbroken either way. But I did have a little bit of a hard recovery with my C-section from her. Um, I just had to go like through some physical therapy and stuff to really kind of get things feeling back to normal. So it took a couple of months for me to kind of recover from it all the way. But on the other hand, I was thinking, well, I know what to expect. If I do have to go into it this time, it won't be such a shock, you know, but I'm hoping for it. Yeah. If you have a, a doctor's on board, that's the most important thing. But I hear you have a question not about birth, but about when you bring that baby home and visitors, right? So this is something I was noticing like on like the community forums people have been discussing too. But I was kind of wondering what you thought about, you know, like masking. Like, do you suggest that people who haven't gotten the vaccine should be 
wearing a mask around the baby or even visiting or, I mean, I know it's a touchy subject, but it's just, you know, something you want to think about. I've got to say that, you know, in a way, this is another silver lining of COVID is that we are limiting guests. You know, it's actually the kind of the perfect excuse not to have guests when the new baby comes home. And that's good for a lot of reasons. The most important reason is that it gives you a chance as a family just the four of you, now it's going to be all to bond together without outside interference. And I know sometimes the interference can be helpful. Um, you know, they bring casseroles or, you know, but they can leave the casseroles at the door, I'm just saying. But they also bring germs. I think it's a really good thing that COVID has made us more aware of germs, especially for newborn babies. Yeah, there was always like, yes, for six weeks, baby's immune system still needs some beefing up. So, you know, limit the gas. But we weren't masking back then. And I feel like most doctors are going to side on on caution right now and say masks are a good idea, not only for those who have not been vaccinated, but even for those who have. And keep in mind that, you know, COVID's, been our primary concern for over a year, but there are many other germs out there. And it's important to keep babies away from those too. So I talked to a pediatrician the other day who said, you know what, let's just go with a two-month rule. You know, when baby has that first set of shots, you know, there's nothing magical about that number, but it's a good milestone. So up until that point, visitors should wear masks, okay? And if you're going out, you want to be super careful. You know, wear your baby. That's the best way to keep your baby away from germy people. I feel like playing it safe, even if the grandparents have been vaccinated, and of course they have to get their Tdaps as well, so that everybody around the baby can cocoon the baby until she is old enough to have all of her vaccines. Um, and of course, if you had the COVID vaccine, you're going to be giving her antibodies against COVID as well, which is another good thing. Very helpful. Thank you so much, Heidi, for your input. I really appreciate it. And if anyone gives you a hard time, you send them to me. Okay. <laughs> Directly. Yes, totally. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. And now next, we are welcoming Adriana from Florida. Hi. How are you doing? I'm great. So, you have a 10-year-old boy named Jason. I do, yeah. And I've got to ask, first of all, what's it like having an age difference like that in terms of the pregnancy? Like, everything's changed, right? In 10 years? It's completely different, completely different. I mean, just everything, how care is, uh, baby stuff, when you go to buy it, it's so different now. How different has this pregnancy been? It's been a lot different, you know, um, just being that I am 10 years older now, so my body's a lot different anyways. But with with my son, I had a very, very healthy pregnancy. And with this one, I've recently been diagnosed with gestational diabetes. I've had some heart complications, nothing too crazy. But um, so it's just a, a little more scary this go around. Mm. So the gestational diabetes took you by surprise. You had morning sickness both times, right? Yeah super bad. I got diagnosed with HD both times. Oh, that's hyperemesis. That's really tough. How long did it last? With my son, it was up until I was seven months pregnant. And then with this one, they finally found a medication that worked for me. 
So I only had it until about 16 weeks. What medication worked? It was a promethazine, so godsend drug. (laughs) Yeah, that's good to know. With your GD, what questions do you have about that? I just wanted to know about, you know, what snacks do you recommend? Because I'm having a hard time with my fasting numbers. Like all my other numbers are perfect. It's just getting that fasting number where it needs to be. So the whole idea when you have gestational diabetes, but actually this is a good tip for anyone who's pregnant. I call it the six meal solution, right? And it's essentially breaking up everything you eat into smaller amounts and focusing on the two categories of food that will sustain your blood sugar the best. And that's uh, complex carbs and protein. So there are certain snacks that are better than others for keeping your blood sugar level. Has your doctor hooked you up with a nutritionist at all? So I did speak to a diabetic nutritionist, but she was very vague on what to eat. So it's like, you know, three things for breakfast, three things for lunch, three things for dinner. I was like, I'm going to die. Yeah, yeah, no. (laughs) You need more variety, girl. (laughs) Yeah. That's no fun. So here's the thing. I mean, depending on how much they restrict the carbs and complex carbs are always a better idea, of course, than refined carbs. So if you can stick to whole grains, but also how much fruit they allow you. Are there restrictions on that? Yeah, I have to limit my fruit intake, which is really sad because my number one craving is those little cuties. Oh, that's terrible. Which fruits are they allowing you? Um, I can have berries, so raspberries, blueberries, strawberries. That's great. I'm I'm thinking, you know, if you can live on substantial snacks, that's always the best way to go. You know, eating at least five or six times a day. And have you found something called? I trust me, I don't own any stock in this company, but I discovered it like years ago, and I tell every pregnant woman about it. Moon cheese. It's freeze dried cheese. It's like genius. I know they make it in other brands now, but it's crunchy little nuggets of cheese that are not perishable. So you can take them with you anywhere you go. Um, Nuts, almonds, walnuts, pistachios, all of those are great. Do you like eggs? Yeah, I do. I mean, I know they can make a stink, but (laughs) deviled eggs or hard-boiled eggs. Also, those egg bites, have you ever seen those? Yeah. Those are awesome. You can also make those and store them in the freezer, so you always have some handy. Um, Have you ever tried a baked egg in an avocado? No. It's delicious. It sounds good. Top it with a little salsa if you're feeling spicy. Um, A smoothie with like Greek yogurt. And maybe some frozen berries. That's a goodie. Also, what about some almond butter on apple slices? That's probably my favorite go-to. See, you've got some amazing snack ideas. Yeah. (laughs) From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Hi. 
This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Okay, so next we're going to Atlanta to visit with Mignon. Hey, Mignon. Hi. So you are having a boy. Yes, I'm having a boy. We found out two weeks ago, so I'm so excited. That's so exciting. And this is your first? This is my first, yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so cool. What has been your favorite part of pregnancy so far? Oh, honey, this hair is like growing like grass. (laughs) I have never felt so beautiful. I was telling my boyfriend the other day, I was like, I feel so beautiful, like... I've always, I grew up having like skin problems, acne, even into adulthood. And every once in a while, I still have like, you know, a few little things that pop up and like just my skin is glowing. I, my hair, I just, I feel like a different form of beauty and womanhood. It's, it's so, it's like undescribable. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about being pregnant that's super sexy and, yeah. Yeah. um, Unfortunately, not every mom feels that great when she's pregnant, but it sounds like you're having a pretty easy ride. Well, no. In the beginning, well, so my background, I'm a professional bodybuilder. So I'm used to looking a certain way throughout the year. The biggest transition for me was just really seeing my body go through changes that I had never seen it go through before. And I have a lot of, of my pro bodybuilder friends that have babies, they've been pregnant and they were like, just embrace the process. So when I let go of that mindset of like what I used to look like and just embraced being a mother, that's when it became beautiful to me. 
So you have a question. Yes. And that is about your doctors. Yes. Yes. So I um, I chose my doctor, my OB from a friend of mine who had twins and she had a great experience. So I, you know, got the referral from her that my experience has not been quite so great. Um, and so I talked to other friends that also have babies and they referred me to other people. I'm trying to transition from one practice to another. And I know it's business, so it's not going to hurt their feelings that I leave, but I just want to know what should I know going to the next practice? Like what questions should I have for the next physician and for the next practice so that I don't experience the same thing. Oh, absolutely. Isn't it funny how we always think about the doctor's feelings? Yeah. (laughs) But no, if you're not happy with those people or you're seeing too many different doctors, maybe you're seeing a different one at every appointment. Yeah, that's um, it. And there's not consistency and you're just not feeling like anybody gets you or is taking Mm -hmm. the time to get you. That's not good. You need to feel comfortable with the person who is going to deliver your baby. And the biggest red flag for me was I had fibroids back in 2015, 16, 17. I got them shrunken in 17. They're starting to grow back. And that was like my first question. And it just kept getting brushed off and brushed off and brushed off until I had my 20-week ultrasound. And they're like, oh my, your fibroids are pretty close to your cervix. Um, We might need to do a C-section, but we'll monitor the growth up until, you know, it's time to deliver. And I'm like, I brought this up when I first came in and you guys kept brushing it off. (laughs) So that was a big red flag to me. That is a huge red flag. And I don't know if you other moms have had this experience, but I hear it all the time. You know, that the doctor just doesn't listen or underplays, dismisses concerns that you have. Who has lived in your body your whole life? You have. You know, it's a partnership. There needs to be communication between you. And that gets exceptionally important later in pregnancy, during birth, and also postpartum. You know, a lot of times women are not listened to and symptoms are ignored. So you got to persevere, trust your mom gut, and find a doctor who you feel is going to listen. I mean, it's possible you could go to a practice where there's midwives and doctors because that way you have, you know, you get the best of all worlds. The other good thing to look into is having a doula. I, I recommend that for every mom, but they are there just for you and to advocate you. So no matter who the doctor ends up being, um, and you never know, because even if you switch do- practices and you go to a really amazing doctor, they might not be on call the night that your right. baby decides to come. <laughs> yeah. And so that you want to make sure you have an advocate with you at all times. But the most important thing is that you don't leave your old doctor until you get a new one, because you don't want to oh, be yeah. uncovered for even five seconds. Yeah. So go have some pre-interviews with various doctors. If you've um, asked around and you have some good candidates, ask those questions about your fibroids and anything else that's on your mind. Um, and you'll get a sense just from listening to the answers, what kind of communication skills they actually have. And, and that's important. You also, of course, have insurance to consider right. um, the hospital that you want to deliver at. You know, you have to make sure that they have privileges and deliver at that hospital, one that's close to you and one that has a good reputation. So once you do that and you've settled on a practice that you like, 
then you can email or call the office and just say, could you please transfer my records to this new practice? That's it. Okay. So I'm I'm in that process now. And then once my records are transferred to the new office, then I can make an appointment. So I'm happy with the person that I chose. Um, She just had a baby for, I think, five months ago. So she's obviously (laughs) from experience. Oh, that's perfect. So we're going to move on. Candace. Candace is here from Texas. Hello. I hear that you had kind of a long struggle with infertility. Yeah. I was a student athlete. Um, so I played sports my whole life. Um, losing your period is normal during season, but then mine never came back. And my fo- I was in college. It wasn't my focus or worry. Fast forward about five, six years, I still had no period. And so finally I saw a doctor. Um, he had to refer me to someone else who referred me to another specialist. You know, I'm with my husband. We're talking about a family. So we meet my Ari and go to a fertility doctor. Right away, he diagnosed me. He's like, I know what you have, hypothalamic amenorrhea. We can fix this. Um, getting that diagnosis right away, like, I feel really terrible for people that are unexplained because there's no goal to work towards. So for me, I knew what I had. So I knew, okay, I need to like not work out as much. I need to try to gain weight. I did all those things. I did an egg retrieval. Um, We transferred and we transferred a boy embryo and I found out it didn't stick. Found out at work, but then, you know, we, we have to move forward. We have two other embryos. We also had done an IUI before IVF. Um, We had a few canceled cycles due to like health issues with my family and me having to go home. But then COVID hit. um, So we got delayed. Then we decided since we only had two more um, embryos left and we wanted more than two kids and we didn't know what would happen with the next one, we decided to do another egg retrieval. So we went through that process again. And then it got delayed because my husband got COVID. So we couldn't transfer. Um, oh, no. So it, at that point, it was, it, if you don't laugh, you cry. And it was like, of course, this, all right, this is what happens. This is our story. It's going to make it sweeter when we, you know, share with the news with everyone. So then August 26, we did the transfer. This time we said, we don't want to know. We don't care. Pick the best embryo. And then we found out that we were pregnant. We got the call. We cried in each other's arms, called our families and cried. And till this day, we don't know if we have a boy or girl because we want to wait. And I mean, going through the trauma of IVF, like we just literally just want a healthy baby. So I'm so, so happy for you and excited for you. I know all the moms here are. Now, after all that, just please tell me you had a really easy pregnancy. I like to say I did my time because it's <laughs> been a breeze. <laughs> and it almost was like I wanted to have morning sickness. So I wanted to have something because I needed that reassurance. I was so worried all the time. Anything I would do, like, I don't have symptoms. Are we sure I'm pregnant? But yeah, I mean, it's been really easy. And I almost kind of feel guilty for saying that because I know there's like other people who have had a lot of difficulties um, during the pregnancy. But I feel like I did my time. <laughs> you totally <laughs> did. And then yeah. some. And then some. Yeah. 
I'm just worried my baby um, was breached last time I got a sonogram because um, being an IVF patient, we're monitored more heavily. So I have twice as many appointments. But my worry was that I don't want to have a C-section. I want to be able to recover faster. And so I was doing a lot of research about like breech babies and go when you're pregnant, you don't have much control over what your body's going to do. And then being an IVF patient, you feel even less control. So I've been doing a lot of different yoga poses or something to try to get my baby to be head down. Um, and I had asked my midwife if they deliver breech babies. And she talked about a doctor having to break someone's pelvic yeah. bone because the head got stuck. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the reality is that fewer than 5% of babies end up breached when it's all said and done, when labor starts. Um, I actually know a mom whose baby flipped during labor, actually flipped the wrong way. So she ended up with a breech baby after the baby was head down. Now, the baby was really small. So smaller babies have more room for moving around and flipping. But it happens. I mean, it doesn't happen a lot. It's actually pretty rare. But those, you know, those few cases of breech birth, like unless it's a super easy, you know, frank breech and the butt, it's butt down, um, they usually do go for a C-section. But there's so much time. You're only 33 weeks. There's so much time for your baby to flip anyway at this point. And they can do that way up until, you know, close to delivery or, like I said, even in labor once in a while. And they can also do external cephalic version, which is where the doctor turns the baby manually from the outside. That's another option, but I wouldn't worry about it at this point. And it sounds like baby's moving towards the exit in the right direction at this point. I've been doing everything in my control to make sure that happens. I like put little earbuds there and played music so it gravitates. Oh, yeah, I was going to suggest that or the warm and the cold. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah I've been to doing get all a baby of that. to turn. Um, but butt up. I mean, butt up is if you're going to do anything, just keep your butt up. <laughs> I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today 
at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. So, Lindsay, you're from California. So now you had a really rough first trimester. So rough. I mean, like, Candace, when you were talking earlier about like, I feel bad, like, don't feel bad, you know, feel so grateful. And (laughs) I know you probably do, but I had a really rough go the first, I mean, I found out early. I found out like, I don't even think I was four weeks. And then by five weeks, I think I like woke up and I told my husband and like with so much arrogance, I was like, Oh God, like, I don't even feel pregnant. Like I like have barely any symptoms. This is going to be a breeze for me. And then I swear the next day I was flattened on my back. It was like famous last words. Um, and that was around five weeks. And then probably five to eight weeks, I was like, I truly, I would have, if I were working full time in an office, um, I would have had to take a sick leave. I mean, I truly could not get up. I had to either sleep or get on the couch to just like change it up and then go back to bed again. It was awful. And I guess for me, I had no idea how bad it could get. I think sometimes, um, you know, of course you don't know it until you're in it, right? Like people can say they relate only so much and only to a certain degree, but you hear the term morning sickness and you, yeah, hilarious, right? I mean, of course we all know that it's not just in the morning. It can be, for me, it was all day, every day sickness. 24-7 sickness. Yes, it was 24-7 sickness. So I had truly no idea how, how bad it could get. So to me, I guess I'm just like, I'm, I'm really wondering why. And I, and again, I know. Uh, there were very few people who, in my life who had experienced the, you know, degree of sickness that I did. Um, like nobody in my family, none of my close girlfriends. <laughs> I really just was not prepared. Uh, but to think that, you know, we don't really. I know so many women go through it, and then when their baby comes, they're like, "Oh, you just forget all about it," and that's why you can have more babies. And Adriana, I know you said you had hyperemesis up until seven months. Like you are probably feeling some uh, like even greater than what I have been experiencing because mine, you know, fortunately only went to about 15 weeks. It feels a little sad that we're kind of dismissing morning sickness as just all oh, one more like normal symptom of pregnancy. And, you know, it feels like our only options are like ginger candies, which are laughable. That doesn't work. Um, or crackers, which also like that feels like a big F you. And then also um, like scary prescriptions that you have to really weigh out risks for. So it doesn't feel like we have really come a long way in that. And uh, you know, I, I read somewhere that you know the early 20th century that this was listed 
under hysteria, like female hysteria or something like that, which just drove me nuts to think about. (laughs) Right. Well, so much of women's health has been in that general category of hysteria. Um, And so you're so right about that. And I think a lot of it is paternalistic. You know, let's face it, if you haven't had debilitating I'm using air quotes here, morning Morning sickness, (laughs) then you don't have the slightest clue. So the most, you know, empathetic of doctors um, truly cannot feel what you're going through and may, you know, may underplay it. And that's not okay. I mean, there are options that are not as Gary, I don't know what you tried, whether Everything. you tried, you tried <laughs> Diclegis, I tried Zofran, I tried Promethazine, I tried Reglin, I tried vitamin B6 and uh, Unisom. I mean, I've, I've tried it all. The, o- the only thing that helped for me was, uh, was having Zofran on hand at all times. And I'm a little bit holistic. I'm a little bit, you know, California woo-woo. I'll be the first to admit it. I don't love taking medicine, period. So the idea of taking a medicine like while I'm pregnant that has like a lot of controversy around it was not something that I loved. But like a girlfriend of mine who was ahead of me in our pregnancy, she was like, you just have to survive. If you don't survive, if you don't eat, if you don't drink, if you don't have, you know, some management over your stress levels, then that's not good for baby either. That's absolutely true. And I mean, that's, why we have what to expect as a community is to open up those conversations and tell it like it is because it isn't all, you know, rainbows and unicorns. You just never know. Oh yeah. Well, good news is I'm 16 weeks and I haven't been sick in over a week. So I've turned a corner. I'm so happy. I feel like a different person. I forgot what it feels like to feel normal. (laughs) So you never know. Now we're going to do something called a speed round. We could call it a lightning round, but I don't know if any of you have had lightning crotch yet, and I don't want to like... I did, I think, twice. It's terrible. Yeah, it's not fun. So we're going to go around and get your answers to these questions, and this is my favorite one. What was your weirdest pregnancy symptom? Or Lindsay, you were too busy throwing up. I was going to say, like, aside from being completely ill for 14 weeks, I don't know. <laughs> veins on my boobs. I had no idea what that was. I'm like covered in veins. It's odd. It looks <laughs> like a roadmap. Yeah. I remember that. Anybody else? I would say weird dreams. Um, that was not something I remember with my first. This one. So many weird dreams. I don't know if it's just like my mind spinning at night or what, but. Yeah, it's the hormones talking. And the fact that you you have more REM sleep, which is dream sleep when you're pregnant, you have more dreams, but you also wake up to pee. So you uh, you wake up during a dream and then you're more likely to remember it. But the fact that they're so vibrant and strange, sometimes very sexual or very violent, they have all different kinds of themes. You know, there's always the the theme about oh my God, I just drank a whole pitcher of martinis, you know, and a plate of sashimi or something like that. Just like the guilt, full on guilt dreams. They are normal. Okay, so anybody else have a weird pregnancy symptom? It's not symptom? weird, but it's disgusting. It was first trimester, the gas was oh. off the chain. I would be so embarrassed to be around myself. Like I would be in the grocery store and of course you can't help it. And I would try to get away from people. (laughs) It was so bad. That is so, so common. You could keep a dog with you and always say it was the dog. 
I think the weirdest thing for me, like I, uh, you guys know, I said I didn't really have any symptoms, but there was one day I was brushing my teeth and I gagged. Uh huh. So that to me, I was like, what, what is this? And that happened. I think that was the first trimester. And I thought, is your body just so in tune that you're not going to get food poisoning or anything? Like you're more likely to throw something up than ingest something that is bad for you and your baby. So your gag reflexes are heightened. There's also the fact that you have so much drool in the first trimester often. And when you're drooling a lot, then you tend to gag a lot. You might have a lot of gagging, nocturnal gagging too. So there are all kinds of blessings. Um, How about weird pregnancy food cravings or aversions? I couldn't eat meat in the first part. And I usually am a meat eater, but no meat in that first trimester. It was just, even the smell, like, mm -mm. I was diagnosed with low iron at the beginning. So I had really weird, like, chemical. Like, I loved, like, Lysol. Oh, my gosh. I wanted to clean, clean, clean because I couldn't get enough of that smell. (laughs) Yeah, that's called pica. And when you crave something that's not a food. So, yeah, you don't want to necessarily spray it, like, in your (laughs) mouth. But that does commonly mean that you have an iron deficiency. And that could also go for chewing ice. And pretty much every woman becomes anemic at some point, usually after 20 weeks. So they'll typically test for it. But if you have one of those strange non-food cravings, you always, always check with the doctor. Okay. Do you have a nickname for your baby yet, Adriana? We call ours Pancake. Pancake! Oh my God, that's so cute. Based on what? So when the day that we found out we were pregnant, our favorite YouTube family also found out they were pregnant. And they were trying to be secretive. The mom and the dad are trying to be secretive about the pregnancy. And the kids run in and go, what are we having? What are we having? And the dad runs out and he goes, we're having pancakes. So ever since then, we've been calling the baby pancake. That's adorable. And, <laughs> and I, I told my son, because he's like, oh my gosh, you're so sick all the time. I was like, oh, it's the pancakes. He's like, my mom's allergic to pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a keeper. Okay. Um, Mignon? Um, we've always, in our mind, even like year when we were dating years ago, we would call him BJ because his name is Robert. So like Bobby, so we just call him BJ. <laughs> The baby, it's nothing, BJ. Yeah, it's, it's nothing like spectacular, but yeah, BJ. That's super cute. Candace? Well, we don't know the gender, but we named our baby either way. So it's Finn or Finley. I don't mind saying that. So if we're not saying baby, because we can't say he or she, and we don't want to say it, it's a way for us to connect because knowing the gender, you're able to, I think, get that connection more. I'm connected, but not to the extent of knowing I have a boy or girl growing in me. Um, so by having that name association, it's able, I'm able to connect more with the baby that's in me. That's totally adorable. Amy, how about you? Well, we're naming our daughter Eleanor. Um, and but right now my daughter's taking a liking to calling her Ellie in my belly. <laughs> that is too cute. Okay, Lindsay, you're up. We don't know what we're having either. We're going to wait. And I've just been calling like some little one, little or little one. Or Bubba. We do a lot of Bubba. What's one nice thing you've done for yourself this week or plan to? Because this is really important. We need some pampering ourselves. So what's one nice thing you're going to do for yourself? I'm getting a a lymphatic drainage massage. And I've been doing it like once every few weeks. And it just like helps me de-bloat. I feel really relaxed. Like, And I'm kind of detoxing after. But it's really safe. You just can't do it on your belly, obviously. 
but it feels so good at that in yoga. Yay. How about you, Adriana? Um, I'm going to get my nails done. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, Mignon, how about you? I actually gave myself like a at-home spa day. So I just, I drew a bath. I got that thing called bump boxes. Like my friend gave it to me for my birthday. So it had like the little lavender salts in there. So I put those in there. I bought this like steam facial machine from Amazon with like my favorite essential oils and just like gave myself a self-care Sunday spa day. So that was very necessary. Oh, so nice. Yeah. And Candace? Uh, well, we had a trip to Europe plan that was canceled from COVID. And so then I got pregnant. So we canceled the trip and instead we're doing a staycation. We're going to Dallas, to a nice hotel and taking our dog. We're going to go hiking and then um, just get massages, like a couple massage, have dinner at the hotel and just stay one night there. And it's our five-year wedding anniversary too. So the timing oh, was, was nice. Happy anniversary. Yeah. Thank Yay. you. And Amy, how about you? I'm with Mignon. I've done a lot of the baths. I've been taking a lot of baths. And you guys, I just chopped off all my hair. I went to the salon. I usually have really long hair and got like six inches cut off. So I'm like still getting used to it. But that was the big thing. Like going to the salon yesterday. So looks good. It looks great. Yeah, it looks oh, nice. Super <laughs> cute. Super cute. It'll be easy care. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. I could talk to you all day. I may have already done that, but I it's so much fun to hang out with you. And I hope that we can do it again soon. And um, if I end up anywhere else, Atlanta, Michigan, I'm gonna, I'm gonna totally get in touch. Thank you guys. And happy Mother's Day. Yes. Happy Thank you. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. I mean, every day is Mother's Day. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and to all the moms listening today, I wanna wish you a very, very Happy Mother's Day. Lots of love and lots of hugs. Ooh, baby love, my baby love. I need you. Oh, how I need you. Thanks for listening. Remember, I'm always here for you. What to expect is always here for you. We're all in this together. For more on what you heard on today's episode, visit whattoexpect.com slash podcast. You can also check out what to expect when you're expecting, what to expect the first year, and the What to Expect app. And we want to hear from you. Connect with us on our community message board or on our social media. You can find me at Heidi Murkoff and Emma at Emma Bing WTE. And of course, at What to Expect. Baby Love is performed by Riley Beaterer. What to Expect is a production of iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. In my arms, why don't you stay? Need ya, need ya, baby love, ooh, ooh, baby love. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 